Hi, I'm Lucas James. And I'm Jordan Ross. And I'm AJ Casada. And we're the co-hosts of How to Scale an Agency. After scaling our own agencies to over $185,000 per month in sales and working with agencies doing hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue like Hawk Media and Neil Patel, we've made this show to interview the top digital marketing agency owners and highlight the fastest ways to scale your agency. If you'd like to join the best digital marketing agency community on the planet and let us help you scale, go to twiz.io to sign up today. What's up, agency owners and entrepreneurs? Uh, excited to have you here today with one of my good friends, Roman. Roman, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, kind of how you got here before we get to the episode. Hey, man. Thanks, Bichette. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, in a nutshell, I work with entrepreneurs. I help um, primarily agency owners, tech CEOs, CTOs make more money while working less in a nutshell. <laughs> there we go. Um, but yeah, obviously, yeah, obviously, there's more to it, but I focus on... Uh, helping entrepreneurs, CEOs, and agency owners to maximize their productivity and uh, maximize their performance and help them, say, get unstuck from operations, from client management, from strategy, and um, refocus on business growth and um, allow them to become high performance, uh, high performance leaders. Yeah, awesome, man. Well, thanks for joining us, dude. I've been looking forward to this for a while. So for everyone's watching, who's either watching live in the group or tuning in on the How to Scale an Agency podcast, really excited for today's episode because what we're really going to focus on today is mindset and you know just how to think as an entrepreneur and as a as a uh, leader. So one thing I realized is like, and I'm sure a lot of you watching this have realized too, is you know throughout the journey you start a business, you think it's all just about hustle tactics, learning the latest marketing trick, sales tactic, you know, but once you go on further, you realize it's, you're kind of limited to your self-growth, right? Like it becomes a game of like you versus yourself. I just find it so it's so interesting having these conversations about mindset, beliefs, vision, values, all the fun stuff we're going to get into today because it's like, it's really a game changer. You know, it's like, for me, the way I look at it now is that my my success in business is limited to my personal success, right? It almost feel like there's an invisible cap over like what I can achieve based on how much I've developed myself, my mindset, my belief, my, my knowledge, my skills, all that. So yeah, mm-hmm. this is a... Uh, probably our first episode just strictly on mindset, but I'm really, really excited. And yeah, you guys are going to learn a ton today from uh, the conversation. Roman's, you know, been doing some coaching for like really high level CEOs, high net worth individuals, tech entrepreneurs, lots of agency owners, people from all walks of the world. And he's observed a lot of patterns around like really how these people operate and how you can do the same thing in your business. Because ultimately you probably realize now that it's not just about working more hours to get ahead. It's really about, you know, changing your approach, right? And the thinking and the strategy and the decision-making is what it becomes about later in the game. There's a point where it's just not about just pushing further and really about like, you know, just taking a step back to to really optimize what you're doing. So yeah, getting into it, Roman, tell us a little bit more about what mindset and, and a personal operating system means to you. Hmm. I think you've covered it pretty good from a high level point of view. Mindsets or personal operations systems. It's obviously uh, in our days, it's, it's a cliche topic. Everybody seems to talk about the importance of mindsets, having the right habits. You know, this industry is uh, uh, definitely the personal development, personal growth industry is uh, booming and it's going to boom for the next whatever X amount of years. And everyone's got their own view and their own personal experience. I think personally, because I've, I've gone through my own set of different transformations in my life and I've been in different places and I moved countries and I had to start all over again personally and professionally several times in my life partially because I had to partially because I decided to and um, for me it always meant that I needed to sort of rediscover reinvent myself to be able to make the make it happen in my own life I guess the perspective or the point of view of making it happen has been changing over time i guess when i was like in my teens you know i've always wanted to travel and live in different parts of the world and to business to do some interesting stuff and then in my early 20s i rediscovered spirituality personal development work and realized i wanted to perhaps share the knowledge and do interesting work you know i achieved the the sort of the traveling thing then in my mid-20s i actually became a coach while it's having a bunch of insecurities and I wouldn't say my mindset was perfect then, which actually allowed me to say work with a number of pretty cool um, individuals all over the world. And I honestly did not expect to attract 
high net worth individuals to work with me because I still believed at the time, you know, I had a very interesting limiting belief, which was who would want to work with a 25-year-old life coach. (laughs) And uh, I was aware of that belief and I I knew that it was limiting me, but I still went out there and tried to attract clients and do public speaking events and share my knowledge and share my personal experience, which resulted in, say, working with several entrepreneurs way, you know, older than me, even attracting, you know, uh, I clearly remember there was a guy, not a guy, it was a man in his uh, mid-40s who uh, used to be a part of a global company, a global steel company that owned 1% of the, of the world's entire steel industry, and uh, which was a you know multiple, multiple billion dollar company. Me being a 25-year-old sitting with that 45-year-old multi-million whatever person, it just struck me. I couldn't be, I was first of all, I couldn't believe that I was, that was happening. But yeah. then with the time I had to adjust myself and my mindset and my belief system to, um, to it and, and realize that actually, yes, I can do that if I, you know, if I just believe in myself. So yeah, I guess the, to answer your question, the idea of mindset, you know, improving your mindset or having better personal operating systems came out of all of these experiences, but also working with other people and observing them. And realizing that every stage of your life, every stage of your business requires a sort of a, a different you. Different you comes with a set of different personal systems and processes, which obviously include beliefs, how you think about things, how you think about yourself, which also include personal traumas um, that we, uh, you know, most of us, if not all of us carry from childhood. There are also habits, you know, how we project ourselves, how, what we say, how we speak, which shapes our reality, shapes our, you know, shapes, um, shapes our businesses. And uh, I got deeply interested and curious about how this works, how we project our own reality. And I started, I started to believe full-heartedly in the process of we create our own life and we are the CEO of our own lives that you know, it led me to, you know, just being, you know, working in that exploration mode all the time and just talking to people and, and, and learning from them and learning from my life. Yeah. I know it's a long answer, but that's, that's it. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. It's all good, man. No, I love it. As you were telling that story, I remember seeing your post recently where you shared that picture of you like 25 years old with a whole, whole group of, uh, I guess, clients, clients, was yeah. or workshop members. And, um, I didn't know this about you, but you said that you said that English is your fourth language. Yeah, it is. It is my fourth language. I learned English in school, but it's technically, I'd say it's my third language, but I got to know English when I moved to the UK, which was mm. almost nine years ago. Before that, you know, first, my native is Russian, my second uh, semi-native is Latvian. Then I moved to the Netherlands, I had to learn Dutch, which was probably one of the most difficult languages that I had to learn. After the Netherlands, I moved to London and English became my fourth spoken language so yeah uh, interesting yeah. that adds definitely another layer of complexity to coaching right um and and marketing communication all that i barely speak one language my grammar isn't that great so like i'm uh, super impressed with seeing that <laughs> um have you ever tried to learn a, any languages yourself uh well i'm italian so growing up i learned a little bit of that but then you know when you don't use it you kind of forget it i mean being out of vietnam for four years i'm starting to learn the not like actively learning vietnamese but learned enough to yeah. you know enough words and phrases but i will have to eventually learn vietnamese because my wife's parents are fully vietnamese and they don't speak any english so i don't really have a current way to, to talk to them i don't think at seven years old they're going to pick up and start learning english so it's it's definitely on my to-do list to at least learn vietnamese <laughs> yeah would you say you're more yourself you're more um, numbers person like what did you excel at in school were you like a mathematics person or or like more you know applicable science like languages and stuff person yeah it's funny actually because i was thinking recently around like what i've done in business and i was then i was like what i wonder how that relates to like what i was good at in school and i was i was actually well fun fact i was actually voted you know how they have those like awards in high school like you, you get voted something in the yearbook i was voted most likely to sleep through college in my high school i was like really just not not paying much <laughs> attention i was very very much creative person very much add dreaming daydreaming out the windows going on walks and yeah. stuff right so perfectly fit to be an entrepreneur so, but what I did excel at was English class. That was the one class where like, I was always getting really, so I guess I was always kind of attracted to like the written language and storytelling and all that, which makes sense being in, in marketing. Yeah. You made me remember a meeting that I had, well, I, I accidentally met someone when I moved to London, literally one, one week later, I applied for a free coaching weekend that was presented by one of the coaching schools here in London. 
I went there because it was free. And at the time, I was say you know financially definitely broke. <laughs> yeah. I had a couple of uh, a couple of hundred pounds in my pocket, so I was like, I'm gonna learn anything from from anyone who who does it for free. And yeah, yeah. I went I went to this to this weekend event, and um, I randomly met a person whom I started talking to, yeah. and he told me that he fluently spoke 24 languages. I was like really you know he was like french started french spanish english some other languages <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. yeah yeah that makes that makes five look like nothing right and that makes me feel even worse <laughs> only knowing one language <laughs> yeah, but it's cool though man there's you know like it just goes to show you there's no limit to what we can learn right like there's so much so much we can learn and so much we can do with the time we have on this earth but yeah man so i a couple of things i wanted to want to pick your brain about on the subject I like how you said that, you know, mindset has kind of become a, a little bit of a cliche thing because I, I agree with that, right? That's kind of why I titled the episode, like how to really think as an entrepreneur and as a leader, rather than just calling it mindset, because that's really what it comes down to, right? So before we get into some of the specific things that, you know, you've learned or picked up, like how would you define like mindset or even like maybe how would you define high performance? Because that's what, it really, what we're really talking about here. I like to refer to a holistic approach when it comes to mindset and high performance. The internet is full of high-performance coaches who focus on health, who focus yeah. on productivity, who focus on personal transformation or leadership or X, Y, Z. And when you know when you start paying attention to the terms or to the labels like high-performance or high-performance coaching, which originally came from sports, right? It's all usually focused on the tip of the iceberg, right? You know your habits how like different thinking modalities or mental models or how to think about stuff or acquiring new perspectives through experience right. or through guidance or through teaching, right? What we do in school, but you know, what we do with mentors. And there is also another side of it when you learn to work with people, like when you learn to approach your growth or your, your personal high performance from a holistic point of view, which obviously includes health, uh, spirituality, personal developments, and intellect. And uh, you know we can cover so many topics here. But the one that I like the most, or the, the one that speaks to me personally the most, is cognitive slash, let's say, psychological aspect of it which which to do with our past which are to do with the, our present and the future and uh, when i work with clients when i do my coaching work i happen to attract a certain type of clients or happen just to uncover the things they don't they don't see themselves which are called blind spots and mm. uh, we all have them and uh, these blind spots are areas of our lives or thinking or of our being that we don't notice or we've forgotten about and when it comes to personal development or mindset development, it's usually less about changing yourself or becoming a so quote to quote, like a new version of yourself. It's more about remembering who you really are. The transformation happens from inside out. And for me, it specifically has to do with personal experiences, negative experiences, negative events and traumas. I'm not a therapist, but the coaching that I apply or I used to I use the most is based on the cognitive behavioral therapy, or in, in other terms, it's also referred to cognitive behavioral coaching, uh, which obviously taken from therapy, from practical coaching. But when it's applied, it, it looks into you as an individual from a holistic point of view. For example, when you say, I don't know why I'm not doing X, Y, Z, like a lot of people say, I don't know why I'm not putting myself out there to grow my personal brand on social media. And uh, you can tell them, oh, well, have you done this or have you done that? But when you look into the deeper, you realize perhaps they had a traumatic experience in their life or negative event that affected their self-confidence or self-esteem that then was projected into, you know, into the environment. And then they received another feedback that they are not adequate with regards to how they present themselves person, like on social. And they shut themselves down from doing it. And unless you address the root problem of that event, unless you don't bring them back and sort of heal that problem, no matter what they're going to do, they're going to, they, they'll experience a lot of friction and frustration trying to put themselves out in social media. If that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Um, basically, just getting down to the, the root. So just what you're saying is that the reason I didn't get enough likes on my post today is because when my uncle slapped me when I was five. Got it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's like it, 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 there are so many factors um, that can influence that. Also, you know, there is a specific type of um, entrepreneur who is um, referred to as a hyperachiever or a high-performance achiever, right? Not high-performance, hyperachiever, hyperachiever. And uh, I meet a lot of these entrepreneurs myself because I used to be like that, and there are still traits of me trying to be hyperachiever for wrong reasons, not for the right reasons. And these wrong reasons are rooted in our childhood or how we were parents or how we grew up. Uh, one of the symptoms of a hyperachiever is conditional success or conditional satisfaction. And it's usually something about the next thing. Like if I do X, then I'll allow myself to feel Y. Or usually they a lot, they, they're not as insecure, but they're very hard to be affectionate with, or they, they, they're very hard to open themselves up intimately. Being vulnerable is another hard thing for them to do. And usually they build an image of a hyper-achieved persona or a successful persona. And if anything or anyone is trying to challenge the image, they instantly or immediately feel upset, angry, or frustrated because it challenges their identity, which is rooted in, you know, in, self, in conditional, let's say, conditional or semi-conditional parenting that they uh, received, which was like, you will feel loved or you'll be loved if you get good marks. A lot, a lot of people have that. I can relate to that as well. Um, I think we all kind of have a sense of like, when I get there, I'll feel good. Or when I get to this goal, I'll allow myself to do this, you know? I've really gotten over the last few years and now I'm just kind of content with whatever, train myself to be kind of content with whatever's happening. And now for, to me, I attach my, at least I attach, you know, my sense of satisfaction with, am I doing the right things? Am I trying my best? Am I moving in the right direction? Like I posted today, I made a post today, something about like, uh, just how we need to focus on progress, not just perfection. Right. And like, instead of thinking about where you, how far you are from where you want to be, think about how far you are from a year ago. Right. Cause we tend to not like really like look back and appreciate all those wins. At least for me, what's helped with that is just just like measuring myself more on like, am I at least making progress? Am I at least doing the right, like showing up the best I can? Because as long as I'm doing that, I sleep good at night and I'm happy. And I know that eventually we'll get to where we want to be in the business because it's just a matter of time if you keep following the process and putting the right inputs in, you know, but that's what allowed yes. me to kind of separate myself from just like always being like, I need to wait till I get to this number per month to feel happy, which doesn't make yeah. any sense. It's interesting that you're saying that because uh, there is a company called uh, Positive Intelligence. It's a method. PQ, yeah. which is going on to IQ, there's PQ. And um, one of the methodologies and one of the philosophies that they teach in positive intelligence is to be able to intercept your self-sabotage when you start mm. self-sabotaging yourself. Or, for example, when you're trying to avoid a certain task or when you procrastinate or when you show hyperachieving tendencies, you know, conditional success, et cetera, et cetera. And to be able to intercept that thinking they use a simple technique of self-awareness or being present, which is effectively mindfulness. And then they teach to shift your focus on the things that actually matter, the things, and they call it the sage. You use your yeah. sage, your inner sage, to intercept your self-saboteurs and be able to bring yourself back to a state of unconditional satisfaction or unconditional fulfillment where your personal development growth depends on you and not on anyone else to some or any other conditions just like you explained mm -hmm. you start measuring yourself and start talking to, to yourself in in the more acceptable or say less judgmental but a more supportive approach you're not using hard language you're not trying to judge yourself but you're trying to, you're doing the opposite you're supporting yourself on the journey by paying attention to actually what works what or what needs to work so what you you would out there is exactly you know it's a really, really good, good example of that yeah awesome i actually read that book maybe like seven eight years ago probably worth rereading now it's really one of those few books that really stuck with me after all this time and yeah from what i remember it's basically when you said, you know, intercepting it more like labeling it. Right. So a lot of times these negative thoughts come up, right. Negative thoughts come up and then we just kind of let it run. And then it becomes like, it's almost like we accept it as a belief, you know, but it's almost like we have to kind of choose which we, we can choose which thoughts we entertain, which thoughts that we reject. Right. But it just, it yeah. seems like it's happening so fast. And like all of our thoughts just pop up and we just kind of yeah. go with them. And then it creates negative emotions, which create negative actions and negative results. Right. But it does yes. take definitely like some practice to really be able to slow down your mind and 
it's almost like separating yourself from it, right? Like, uh, oh, that's a negative yeah. thought. No client said this employee said this, like that's, you know, I don't have to feel any certain way about that. That's just what my brain thought a second ago, but yeah, you just separating yourself from it, from knowing that like, it's, it's a thought, it's not my thought, you know? Exactly. Yes. It's creating that distance between the thoughts and your own identity. But a lot of entrepreneurs, especially when they're under stress um, and when they have to manage responsibilities and especially when they've it's their first business and it turned out to be a successful business at one level or another they feel that they don't want to lose it because there's more to lose now and they start identify themselves with the business with the, with the business performance i remember uh, someone's made a post on facebook with regards to performance marketing with something about um oh yeah somebody made a post of a t-shirt that said i am not ross like i'm not returning yeah, aspect not yeah, because exactly. of yeah <laughs> because of a lot of obviously media bias and and, and uh advertisers and performance marketing agencies uh, especially performance marketing agencies that have to deliver and they are under immense pressure a lot of the times they don't have time to think about what they think about and it's it adds more to the plate obviously and ability to slow down and to do the work the inner work that's needed to do in order to avoid stress is being uh for the most part they you know they don't pay attention to it they try, try not to do it because they think that it's too simple it's too easy there has to be a much more complex process to it the agencies that do the best and grow the most are the ones that have excellent offers great marketing and great sales systems now, the customer acquisition process can be really hard to master. There's a lot that goes into generating leads, closing deals, building a sales team. Especially since our industry is so competitive and there's so many agencies and freelancers out there, it makes it really hard to stand out and grow and win you know, the clients that you want. Now, fortunately, we've created a free Facebook community with trainings, weekly live sessions, and tons of really valuable networking opportunities with six, seven, and eight-figure agency owners. You can find it here on Facebook at B2B Sales and Marketing Secrets. So right now, go to Facebook, do a search and type in B2B sales and marketing secrets. Or you can just add me on Facebook, AJ Casada, and find a link on my profile. There's also a free mini course inside on how to generate more leads, close more deals, and scale your agency. I highly recommend you join. It'll only take one minute. And if you ever need any questions or need advice, just email me at AJ at revenueboost.net. So again, if you ever want to drop me a question, email me at AJ at revenueboost.net. I love helping agencies and sharing ideas about how they can grow further. And again, go join our free Facebook community, guys. It's so valuable. We have great trainings in there, great posts, and tons and tons of content that we don't normally share with the public. So go to the Facebook group right now, B2B Sales and Marketing Secrets. Drop me a message once you're in there. I'd love to connect with our community members and check out the video trainings and the free course we have inside. See you there. Now back to the show. Yeah, it's funny. Sometimes the things that are really simple, we kind of discount them because it can't be well, like it can't be that easy, right? It should be some complicated thing, but it usually is the simplest things. That's why, like you know, we always hear these quotes that just live on forever. We're like, oh, I've heard that before, but it's not just about hearing it; it's about like actually yeah, internalizing and, and doing it exactly. Man, a lot of good stuff you said there. I, actually, it's the conversation's taking a cool turn here because I know we're we know we were talking about like how you can reinvent yourself, improve your mindset, your beliefs, which we'll get into more to create more success. But I think. As we're talking about it, there's there's almost another benefit to this, right? Which is like, regardless of creating more success, you have to be happy and enjoy the journey. Mm -hmm. This is the answer, right? Like keep, keeping that kind of positive mindset, not letting negative thoughts, beliefs, emotions, past events, you know, dictate how you feel each day, not attaching not attaching your self worth to your your ROAS or the results of the day. Like more than just creating more success, I feel like this is such a great thing to talk about because this is how you can just kind of be even throughout the journey, right? Because entrepreneurship is like the hardest thing out there, like. It's just, it's just naturally like, you know, people say the emotional roller coaster, right? So many highs and lows, like, yeah. and as the business gets bigger, you have bigger highs and bigger lows, bigger problems to deal with, right? More employee complaints, more people quitting, getting fired, clients leaving you for another agency, whatever it is, right? So yeah, I think this is so, so, so important for everyone to really like pay attention to and take seriously because you're always going to have problems in your business. You're, and if you, and if you always place like your, how you feel based on what's happening out there, you're just naturally going to be like, like just a wreck over time, right? It's just going to, it's just going to eat at you, mm. you know? So I think, I think we all got to get to this, try to get to this place where like, we're just, we can kind of just stay as even as, as best we can. One, one of my, uh, 
I had like a spiritual coach a while back, a really, really awesome guy, Chris, Chris White. Um, someone I met here in Vietnam and he would always tell me that you shouldn't always, he would actually say something I was, that was interesting. He would say, you shouldn't always allow yourself to feel like the high, high emotions. Cause that makes you more likely to feel the low, low emotions. And you're starting to like attach to emotions too much. So his thing is like, try to say generally more even whether it's good or bad. And then you'll be able to kind of get to this place of just like Zen, no matter what's happening with you in business or what's being thrown at you. You know, I always thought that was very, uh, very interesting. It reminds me of some of the productivity ideas that I've learned from neuroscience and actually for a friend of mine who is a neuroscientist. Um, you should strive, she said, you should strive to remain a state of homeostasis, which means yeah. not feeling too cold or too hot or too tired or too excited or see that or to that. Because if he especially emotionally-wise, if you're looking for the peaks, you'll inevitably experience the lows, which will stray away from being focused and productive on a regular basis. And from the, what you said there is also quite brilliant because when you look at to high performance or achieving more, when you look into executives of Fortune 500s, which um, I had the privilege to work with, not on a coaching basis, but I worked for a company back in the day selling sort of high ticket leadership master uh, masterclasses to fortune 500 executives and my job was to sell these courses to them which were like basically practical workshops you know we would uh, partner up with companies like toyota or tesla or nestle or companies all, all around the world and um they would create these themed based workshops around lean management leadership on manufacturing principles etc etc and when I talk to them, a lot of the uh, a lot of these VPs or senior directors of these companies are very very hard to reach to. So, in sales in a high pressure environment, you had to do it as a sales rep if you wanted to make money and stay and keep the job. Eventually, you had to even out your performance, even out what you eat, how you sleep, what you do, so your performance is more or less consistent. But if you start, you know, going on holidays or you start drinking or doing this and this and that inevitably like you, you instantly feel how it influences your sales performance especially how you talk on the phone what you say and it was such an incredible and very important training in my life to learn that if you want to sustain high performance you have to optimize um for for it and not just in your job or in your business but holistically in your life so yeah no i'm uh, i'm glad you brought that up because i was just thinking about how Anytime that I've really been at it more of a low in business, either I don't feel I'm showing up at my best or the results aren't as good as uh, as they should be or things have taken a dip. Anytime I've, I've reflected on those times, it's always when also things in my personal life weren't up to par. Like I was slacking on my habits or I wasn't keeping up with exercise, all of that, right? And I remember, you know, early in 2022, we had, we had one or two months that was just really bad. Like, you know, we had a big month of sales before that and then a really low, really low month after that. At the same time, you know, I had to fire two people from the business, just some people that weren't the right fit. And I had personal stuff going on. I got sick. I had a family member pass away, which is like a really bad month. Um, mm -hmm. And that was a tough spot because I was like, okay, now my confidence, my mindset is low, right? But I still have to show up my best every day. So, but what I did was I just made sure that I just mastered my habits, right? Like make sure I kept consistent with my exercise, morning, you know, morning meditation, eating healthy, sleeping right, all of that. And just kept doing the same things in my business. But over time, like, you know, looking back, like that was what I feel what saved me, right? Because that yes. allowed me to really keep a positive mindset and kind of be stable through all of the shit that was happening and still be able to show up at my best. Because if I wasn't doing any of that, I know it could have just really gone, gone to the worst of me yes. and caused me, to, caused me to just go to a worse place. And, I, you know, the thing is, it's like everything builds on itself, right? If you're not doing well or you're failing at something and, and you also match that with like feeling bad about yourself, it's just going to create more and more and more of that, right? So um, I didn't want that to happen, but yeah, go ahead. I was going to just add to what you said there. It's also important to keep in mind that being at a high performance state all the time is virtually impossible. I understand that perhaps a lot of the people that listen to this or watch this, I'm not sure to be honest, but I know for the fact that when I speak to a lot of SMBs, entrepreneurs who run small to medium businesses, they're not striving to become high performance entrepreneurs in the sense of conquering the entire world or the universe. But there is a notion, I see a tendency, a notion that a lot of people try to perfect their routines or they're trying to actually take a different extreme. Now, not just 
from the ones who are not taking care of their mental well-being or personal developments to the people who are trying to go to another extreme and perfect their routines, trying to obsess about productivity, biohacking, development, yeah. growth, and yeah. you know. And I worked with these people as well. There is no such state, and you know, an everlasting flow. Like everyone's trying to get into state of flow. <laughs> I just, yeah. you know, it, it, the, there is no such thing as 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 everlasting like state of flow. State of flow is happens actually on the edge of your performance of of your work. You have to constantly find the balance between how far or how hard you should push yourself. And um, actually, makes me think about a video that I watched that that I saw somewhere on social about Natalie. Who um, an Olympic athlete who uh, talked about her um, Olympic coach, and they had a conversation around you know how hard you should push yourself in sports when you want to achieve your highest potential, your goals. And the coach told her, just follow the rule of thirds. If you feel the third of the time okay, and the third of the time shit, then you do or. But if you're feeling too much of excitement and you feel like you're feeling great all the time. Then you're probably not doing. You're not. You're not pushing yourself hard enough. Too shit most of the time. Then probably you're pushing too hard, and you have to reconsider or like reconsider your strategies of how what you do. So you have to f- constantly be able to find your own personal balance. Like what is your personal edge, and your edge is different. Is very much is likely different from someone else's edge. Like somebody who is uh, running a portfolio of businesses, their edge is in a totally different place. It doesn't mean the edges bigger <laughs> far further it's just it, it exists in a totally different place from the edge of a person who's running a six-figure uh, marketing agency yeah definitely i think that's where the self-awareness is key i've noticed that this happened to me i'm sure this happens to a lot of people where it's especially early in the entrepreneurial journey we just try to look at what other people are doing and replicate that and we just can you know we watch clip videos online listen to podcasts like this and we just try to think that you know there's one model and we have to do what other people are doing in order to get the results that they wanted. But, you know, what's, what's helped me more than anything is, is just separating myself from that. Like, you know, really for a while, I would just not really go on social media. And I never really was one to watch the news. It's mostly all like negative, uh, negative anyway. And uh, at least when I, you know, when I did come back to like social media and content, I was very intentional about what I consumed and like how I would, how I would process that. Cause it is really dangerous. We're getting like all these messages and all this influence, good or bad all the time. Right. And it does kind of seep into our subconscious. And it's really easy to think that like, I need to just go because this person's because Gary V's worth saying, you know, working hundred hours a week, I should work hundred hours a week. Right. But it's not like for him that makes him happy, but for you, it might be something else. Right. Maybe you want to work 20 hours a week and have a lifestyle business. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think curious your thoughts on just like self-awareness and all that how it showed up for me was just taking a lot of time for myself, a lot of time. I mean, moving out to Vietnam, separating kind of from my whole environment and where I grew up um, and just taking more time for myself, more like time for reflection, allow me to kind of tap more into who, who I am. You know, I think that's how we can really create what we're meant to create as entrepreneurs is like separating from everything else that we're influenced by and starting to tap into, into more of like, what's, you know, what's inside of, but you don't really know what's inside of you unless you give it that space, you know, but what, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. It's amazing that you said that. I remember we started our conversation with the idea of not changing or becoming someone else, but remembering who you really are. And that is the fundamental premise of, I'd say, personal development, generally speaking. Instead of adding more or standing, trying to listen to other people, as a human being, if you're curious enough as a person, you can just go out and study or just you know learn a little bit about ancient religion or ancient spirituality or things that have been taught thou- several thousands years ago, um, especially in India, especially in Buddhism. All of the things that we learn about personal development, practical psychology, high performance comes from there. I'm not a religious person in, in, in a sense that I go to church or I pray. Uh, I do not, but... When you study spirituality, and which I do like studying, and I also like studying practical psychology, and uh, recently there are more and more books that basically are a crossover of two. They combine spirituality and, let's say, uh, psychotherapy, and they try to sort of distinguish the differences and find common point, commonalities. And um, both high-performance psychology, practical psychology, and spirituality arrive at the same point you really need to have some time for yourself to understand who you are, to raise self-awareness of 
you know, especially just the fundamental things, your strengths, your weaknesses, what you good at, what do you like, what you don't like, your uh, innate qualities or traits that you were born with. Mm-hmm. Talk to your parents. You know, some of the things that a lot of people don't do um, that because we live in a very, um, I would say, awkward society, uh, we lose the connection with our parents now, with our ancestors, with our relatives because it's not trendy or whatever, for whatever reason, you know, it's, or it's, uh, other reasons is that we consciously break up connection with our parents, with our relatives, because we don't, we're not curious, we're not interested in, mm-hmm. but a lot of the things we can learn about ourselves through our parents and through our relatives, because they carry an immense amount of knowledge and experience and ideas they can, you know, they reveal to you about themselves and about their relatives. Another thing is obviously, you know, go and, on the internet and just do a bunch of personality tests and find commonalities and find whether it's true in your life and experience life for yourself and understand you know, what it is they're good at. You know, probably I've done, I'm not going to lie, hundred plus different tests, personality tests over the time of my life, just because I, I've been curious enough to understand myself a little bit more. And then you can go a level deeper and you can always go for a week or a couple of weeks somewhere, not lock yourself down in a, in a house somewhere, but go solo travel, which is, you know, which could be an amazing experience, to be honest. What I did, I went on a silence retreat, a 10-day silence retreat, which revealed a lot about me, about myself, about my personality. Uh, not, I don't recommend doing it to everyone because not everyone is hardcore as, <laughs> as I am sometimes. But retreats, traveling, the fundamental things that anyone can do, and can help you reveal about you know reveal your personality to you you know as easy as you know if you do if you do it for a week or two yeah definitely i also would would agree i think every entrepreneur should at least every person should just try solo traveling or going to a retreat you know so it's like for, for everyone watching this right we're all you know most people come to this show because they want to learn how to grow their business how to be better how to scale their agency or whatever it is that they're doing for everyone watching this, like there's going to be a little something different for each of you that you need to do to grow your, to grow yourself and to grow your business. So it's like, there's not, there's not just, you know, like that, back to how there's not that one model of success. Right. So a lot of people are going online. They're looking for answers, you know, shortcuts. How can I grow my business? How can I get more sales, more clients, this or that, you know, how can I have more fun, have more fulfillment in my business. Right. And you will learn a lot from other people and you will learn a lot from, you know, tactics, strategies that are out there but you're really going to learn like, so a lot of what you need is actually going to come to you. If you just take that time and make space to kind of be alone and like experience life a little bit more, you know? And I, I think especially the people that are super busy watching this, the agency owners that are working six, seven days a week, you guys more than anyone need to take a step back and see if like, this is even actually what you want to be, want to be doing, you know? So I know there's a lot of agency owners that they've kind of, we talked about this before the show, right? You know, that there's a, you found as well that there's a lot of agency owners that they built a successful agency doing maybe a couple million a year but they're not totally excited by it anymore. They kind of just feel like they're doing it, but they want to eventually do something else. And they don't know, even know what that, what mm. that is because most people don't take that time for self-discovery or like assessing their vision and values or taking a hundred personalities as like you did in the first place, you know? Yeah, it's true. It's, it's fundamental because it's just like life happens. You choose a business, you start working on the business. It happened to me as well. Um, when I had my own advertising agency and I did it for the reasons that were right for me at a time. But then once you start growing and start things to start happening for you, you realize unconsciously, you first unconsciously realize you're not aware of it, but you already know, you feel it in your gut that something is fundamentally not right about how things are happening, although they're happening. But instead of feeling more freedom or more excitement, or if you feel the opposite of it, which is, usually frustration or stress or overwhelm. Um, a lot of people on the brink of burnouts basically because they just, you know, just try to maintain the same pace when they actually need to change it fundamentally. And um, stepping out sounds like a very constitutive thing because all you need, you know, all you think about every single day is to how to, you know, maintain the system, the whatever the business that you built. And, uh, in the agencies, is especially because the uh, the amount of pressure that you have from your clients and uh, on the delivery side is immense because like you, you essentially work for your clients and you start for, for the most for the most part most people started because they want cash flow, personal freedom, or whatever the reason is, you know, make their family happy. 
but they end up realizing that it's not as straightforward as as it is right and an agency model is known for that so you use yourself you use your abilities to be to understand a little bit better what it is that you want how you want to run your business whether it's stepping stop for something else for investments maybe for you know maybe you want to use the cash and invest in something um or is it that you want to run a lifestyle business or is it that you want to build a high performance agency when you look especially when you look at silicon valley startups the tech, tech environment you see a lot of high pressure environments where you are expected to achieve certain kpis and uh, up to the point where it becomes toxic same in the agency business a lot of founders, a lot of agency owners run their businesses because of superficial KPIs and goals that they set themselves, but they don't make them happy. They don't make them satisfied or fulfilled uh, because it's not fundamentally why they started the business with. And reconnecting with your why, which may have changed from the very beginning, is fundamental and, and understanding why you're building what you're building. And perhaps, yes, if you want to become a multi-gazillionaire in your life, which is obviously, you know, no one's telling you you can't do it, but understanding that perhaps the way you're doing it right now is not going to work for you in the future. So you need to either change your perspective on the business or how you run things or how you do things. But it all, always starts with reconnecting with your why, reconnecting with your fundamental values. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously there's plenty of uh, knowledge and whatever on YouTube you can find how to do it. Yeah, absolutely. All great stuff, man. I think uh, just to wrap up the the podcast here to get even more practical. So we, if I'm a let's say an agency owner watching this or any entrepreneur, right? And you know, grow my business a little bit, and um, I'm feeling a little bit stuck. Like I know maybe there's something I need to work on myself, my mindset, my beliefs, my my perspective mm. to grow my business. So we talked a little bit before about kind of almost you know becoming who you are, right? What advice would you give? You know, as far as practical steps towards you know figuring out like what you need to change about yourself in order to break through to the next level. I mentioned a few things so far. One was taking more time off, taking time alone, maybe doing some solo mm-hmm. travel, or at least just going out on like a Saturday with no phone, right? Like that alone, that could be the biggest thing. But we talked about taking time alone. We talked about reconnecting with your why, which totally, totally agree with that. Cause I think um, like we have to build a business that really suits you, you know? And I think so many people just kind of run with what they're doing and don't actually um, kind of go off track with what they started. Right. So yeah, I love yeah. that you brought that up. And then the other thing you said was said just now was about re- really connecting with your values and really crafting that that vision. So we talked about a few of those things, but what else? What other some of the other things people can think about or do to kind of move go through that you know personal transformation journey forward to figure out like what they need to do themselves differently to grow their business rather than fixing things out there. One of the um, hyper tactical things that anyone can do is to be aware of how they spend their time. And um, I say that based on um, my coaching experience and based on the amount of people that I've coached who benefited from time tracking a lot. It sounds like a stupid and simple and cliche and silly thing to do. And everyone's like very opposed to it. Most of the clients that I coach and I tell them to do it, they're like, oh, no, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be self-accountable for how much how I spend my time. And it's a necessity. And it's just, you must do it. It's like... Some things that you must do without the without adopt. And that's one of the things that everyone must do. And it's not because I say that you can just go and Google and type, you know, Fortune 500 CEOs and executives, time tracking. And you'll see the plans of material for, and, and, and proof and scientific research and statistical research for how, why it's important, why high-performance entrepreneurs, multi-millionaires, billionaires do that, executives do that. Well, maybe when you're a billionaire and you don't need to, to work, maybe you don't do it. But um, the idea is to fundamentally become aware of how you spend your time. And how you spend your time is very, how you think you spend your time is very different from how you actually spend your time. So the, one of the exercises that I give to uh, to my clients is uh, to sit down and do a time audit. Uh, so what you do, um, you log in into a calendar. Uh, if you're not using calendar to track what you do or to block your time or basically before you to do this uh, that's the first step so it's the step zero start using google calendar to, uh, to track everything so for example um, even your breakfast or lunches you know if you want to optimize yourself properly for the, f- for the first several weeks you have to schedule everything out your meetings 
everything. Um, so when you're looking to log, log into Google Calendar, you see the blocks of time being allocated throughout the day for X, XYZ activities. So when you do, you do it for two weeks, two, three weeks, you've already done it, amazing. Um, then you go back and you, you, you do, do one thing. You write down the things that you spend your business activities on, for example, operations. Let's say forty percent of your time you you um, you think you will spend on operations, and then the client management, then meetings, then um, something else, content creation, and then you just write down how much time you think you spend on all these activities, <clears throat> and then you go into Google Calendar, you look over the past two weeks how you actually spend your time on all these activities, and you write it down as well, and then you write down how you'd like to spend your time in your business or on your business. And to make it even more practical, you go to toggle, toggle.com, and you sync your calendar with toggle, and then uh, you just create a bunch of categories for for toggle, and it automatically you know creates weekly reports on how you spend your time. You use toggle to track your time for a few weeks, get into a habit of doing it, and I guarantee you with 99.9% accuracy that how you think you spend your time is going to be different by probably like 40-50% from how you actually spend your time because that's the case with not just like seven seven six seven figure entrepreneurs that's the case with like you know people who run portfolio different companies and uh yeah it comes purely for experience and once you do that you realize that a lot of the things that you spend your time on or like you you believe that you're stuck in operations or client management or you're stressed is because you're you don't know how to allocate your, your your time resource accurately and effectively and once you become aware of it you're like oh actually I thought that I was in operations for 70% of, of my time, but actually, you know, I'm doing 20% is getting lost somewhere in, I don't know, <laughs> things that don't matter. No, I love that exercise. And we have a mindset and high performance coach in our coaching program, Kelsey March. She's also in the Facebook community. Um, I, I actually, I've been thinking forever to introduce you guys because you guys would definitely, uh, definitely hit it off. And she's also really bullish. That. Yeah. Really, really bullish on time tracking. And I've done it as well. And it's definitely interesting how, what you said, how we think we spend our time is not how we're actually spending our time. And it kind of goes back to how like we can't really change or improve anything in our business or our life without having awareness over like the current state, right? It's just like, it's just data, right? Like how we're spending our time is data. How we're spending our money is data, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a clear picture. You would think we'd be able to know how we're spending our time, but it's like this fuzzy idea and like our actions are totally, totally different, you know? The difference, yeah, so the difference, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's time you'll start shifting your a paradigm. Uh, a belief about how you spend your time and the value of time and you realize it has a lot to do with, with your fundamental beliefs about money about the world about relationships fundamental about time like you know the, the, there are people who are who have tendencies to be late on meetings or who uh, have tendencies to um skip me or like for whatever reason it shows when i when i coach them it shows me fundamentally how what they believe about relationships which is, you know, on the surface level, how do you know, like, how do you treat time that shouldn't, like, equate to how you treat relationships? In reality, it is fundamentally when they grew up and the relationship with their time, or the relationship with their parents or their friends formed a certain way and then now it translates into business. So without having that fundamental realization, hardly to change, it's hardly to change someone else's behavior. One of the things that will lead you closer to that behavioral change is time tracking. Super, super interesting, dude. So basically, um, mm. your time tracking shows you your actions, which show you a lot about your beliefs and which your beliefs will show you a lot about, you know, what's happened when you were younger that affects unconsciously shapes who you are. A really yeah. interesting stuff, dude. That's personally for me, what, what got me da- started down the mindset. What got me really obsessed with mindset and personal development was also just like, I just kind of realized at one point that, you know, like, look, we all, we all know that our actions produce our results. Everyone can agree on that. That's pretty basic, right? Our, our day-to-day actions improve our results. We all have the same amount of time, right? So does Steve Jobs. So does Bill Gates. So does everyone else, right? We all have 24 hours in a day. We're all taking different actions that produce different results in our business, right? But our act, where do our actions come from? That Our actions kind of come from our thinking and our decisions, right? And that mm. really is shaped by our belief and our knowledge, right? Our beliefs and mm. our knowledge, and all the other yes. stuff happening in our subconscious, right? So it's like, that's really the, the root cause you're we talking about we got to work on, right? Is under like all yeah. these unconscious forces that are actually driving 
our actions um, and decisions. It's kind of like how you said before, so, you know, you've talked to a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs where they, they know what they need to do, but they don't do it. Right. So there's something, something beneath the surface that's, that's causing that. When you look at the business, right, there are several layers, there are several layers of business and personal say, growth that you could look into. And the surface level is usually, I'd say, lead generation or tactics that to do with advertising marketing. Then there's another layer, which is the resources that you have to do, the, the tools, let's say, these platforms. Another layer, which is deeper than that, is people. Now, who, what kind of people you have to have in order to execute, to use the tools to execute the, uh, whatever the social media marketing strategy you have. And then below that is the knowledge and fundamental resources that you have for it. Usually the knowledge, do you know what kind of people do you need? And below, below that level is, below knowledge is the, uh, usually the mindset. Uh, and the mindset, how you think your mental models, your perspectives, how you make decisions. And below that, is it unconscious beliefs and uh, paradigms that you have, which rooted in your usually childhood, typically childhood, and the decision that you make about, and it's not, I mean, it's not a joke. The decision about the lead generation campaign they're trying to launch is based fundamentally on the, some of the experiences that you have in your childhood. And uh, I'm not making this stuff up. You know, one can go and Google that, and, you know, there's a lot of uh, scientific research on that, so... Yeah, no, I love it, man. I totally get it. It's funny. It's like, um, see, guys, it's not all about funnels and software and landing pages, right? Like, it's, it's all about that. It really just goes so much deeper than that. But it's yeah. very interesting. That's that's why this stuff is really a lifelong process, right? It's not like you just do a little bit of work on mindset or go yeah. travel to Bali for a weekend and then you, you come back as this guru or something, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do some yoga and uh, silence retreats and that's it. You're, yeah. you're the enlightened one. <laughs> Have one smoothie bowl or so and then you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. Really, really, really enjoy the conversation today. We covered a lot of cool stuff around mindset, beliefs, high performance habits, values. Um, really excited about it, man. I think we definitely got to have you back for another one because there's so much more I want to I want to talk about. But I know we can't sit here for uh, for three hours. But I think it's a great. I think it's definitely a great starting point for the audience to do the time tracking and really get aware of how you spend your time and see how that reflects on like you know what your what your values are, what your beliefs are, and what how you want to be spending your time differently. I love that. Love that exercise at the end. Anyway, where can uh, the audience members find you if they want to learn a little bit more or connect with you or work with you? Yeah, um, social media, mainly LinkedIn. My full name is Roman Ivanovs, and um, anyone can find me there. Or you can go to uh, CEO, CEO um, Operating Systems. So it's basically mm-hmm. CEOOperatingSystems.com. And uh, if uh, you'd like to experience a coaching session, coaching session, which is complimentary, I'm offering that um, on this page. Uh, you can also you know find a little more information on the page as well. Awesome, guys! For everyone watching, we'll uh, or listening, we'll put the link down below. Thanks for coming on, man. It was a blast, and uh, looking forward to having you back. Cheers.